Welcome to Zimmerman Podcast, Episode 8. Beekeepers Naturals founder and CEO Carly Stein is on the podcast today. Carly's mission is to improve the health of humans and bees alike, which is why she left her job on the trading floor at Goldman Sachs to launch Beekeepers Naturals full-time in 2016. Carly is as passionate about her products as she is about bees themselves and uses her company's platform to make a difference and raise awareness for the bee cause. Carly was recently recognized as a game-changing entrepreneur on the 2019 Forbes 30 Under 30 list. So yeah, she's a pretty big deal. Today, Carly and I talk about how she created Beekeepers Naturals out of a love for a product, how to believe in yourself when your friends and family think your business dreams are a little wacky, and how you can start a product-based business from scratch. I had the best time in this interview, and I can't wait for you to listen. I know as soon as you hear Carly talk about her products, you're going to want some. So make sure you head to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B to get 15% off. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Zimmerman Podcast with your host, CEO, wedding professional, educator, and mom, Jessica Zimmerman. In just two years, Jessica went from facing bankruptcy to taking home a six-figure salary. She turned a business-saving $100,000 loan into a million-dollar empire. As a creative entrepreneur, a healthy work-life balance seems just as unattainable as a six-figure income. But Jessica Zimmerman is here to show you it's possible. With the right tools and insider tips and some hard work, your craziest dreams can become your daily routine. If you set some boundaries and commit to healthy changes, you can create a business and a life you love. So let's make your business work for you. Carly, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm so good. Okay, so Carly, when we were first starting this podcast, we had a handful of options for sponsors, but I was like a dog with a bone. I only wanted you. <laughs> so I pretty much stalked you until you agreed <laughs> to sponsor this podcast. And it's because I really, truly, 100% love your product. Like Be Powered has, I'm not kidding you, it has changed my life and I use it every single day. I just took um, the brain fuel that you sell and we, my husband has had a cold. He just took your, your, your throat spray. I mean, it's, we just are such huge believers in your product and I feel totally aligned with your products. And it's just funny because never in a million years would I think if you had told me a year ago that I was going to have eight guests lined up to do interviews with over the next couple of weeks that I would be most excited about this one <laughs> because I, I just am. I mean, I just want to welcome you to the podcast and I want to tell you, you know, just how much your product has changed my life for the better. And I just want you to tell us how this all got started. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much. You really like made my day there. It's, you know, the, the company came from, and I'll, I'll get more into it, but it came from such a personal place for me. So when I hear um, the stories from other people and how it's having a positive impact with their health, it just really, it, it's, you know, a good reminder of why it all started and uh, makes me feel so good. So to get more into just kind of the whole beginning here and, and sort of share how I got into it. Um, it's kind of cool because it's a company that was never meant to be a company. It was really born from an authentic place. And I think that's why we've been able to kind of really hold up our values in a strong way because it came from that, that place of authenticity rather than chasing profit or trying to follow a market trend. Um, it was born out of a need. And for me, I was really sick. I have an autoimmune condition where I can't take antibiotics. And growing up, I was just always sick. I had chronic tonsillitis, always had strep throat. I was just kind of that kid who was always sick. My parents used to call me bubble boy because I would just get sick so easily. And then when I got sick, because I'm allergic to most over-the-counter products and most pharmaceuticals, I didn't really have any options for healing. So I would be out of school for like three weeks at a time. It was kind of crazy. And that pushed me to really start exploring the natural world. So I would do a ton of research and try all these cool products. And I ended up really frustrated. I would waste a lot of time and money on these 
you know, different superfood products that promised the world, but just never really delivered on results. And, you know, after, after enough of that, I sort of became disillusioned with the natural health world. And I was like, you know what, this is just how it is for me. I'm constantly sick. I have a chronically weak immune system. Um, and I just have to manage it. And that just sort of carried on. And when I was in college, I did a semester abroad, I went to Europe. And I was having the time of my life as a college kid abroad as they do. Um, and of course, when I was in Italy, I got really sick, I had really severe tonsillitis, my face was so swollen that I had a hard time breathing. So I was gonna have to come home and I was just really upset. I was like, not this again. I miss it on everything. So I was looking for anything at all to keep me out there. And I went into a pharmacy in Florence and the pharmacist took one look at me and she was like, oh, you need propolis. And I was like, okay, what's that? And she's like, you know, from the bees. And I was like, oh, okay. So honey. And she's like, nope, not honey propolis. And so I was like, okay, I I don't know about the bees making anything other than honey, but maybe the language barrier, I'll take it. I'm desperate. So I bought this propolis stuff and and that shows my level of desperation and the fact that I was a naive college student where I just kind of took something, even if it's natural these days, I do a lot of research. But anyways, um, I took this propolis stuff because I was so desperate. And in about five days, the inflammation went down and I made a full recovery. And it was just kind of remarkable for me because I had spent so long, so sick and you know dealt with something like this for months and months. And to have a five-day recovery, it was really just a game changer. And what happened for me was propolis really functioned in my body the same way antibiotics do for normal people. So I had my first healing experience. And I was just, I was not at all thinking about starting a company, but I was really excited. I was like, finally, I found something that works for me. This is amazing. Um, And I was able to make, you know, given that I made a full recovery, I continued my time abroad. And as I traveled around Europe, I started to learn about all the different bee products. And Europe's really progressive with their natural health. They've always just kind of been ahead of the curve there. And so I found you know, I was using these royal jelly brain supplements that I found in France. And when I was in Copenhagen, I would get pollen on my smoothie. Um, and propolis was really widely accessible. So people all across Europe really use bee propolis to heal and to boost their immune system. But there was not really one unified brand. It was just kind of like one-offs here and there. So I just sort of fell in love with these bee products started doing a ton of research on them and learned that these bee products actually have a really rich medicinal history. So, I mean, the first human recorded use of bee propolis dates back to 300 BC. And in the 17th century, it was actually listed in the London Pharmacopedia as an official drug. So a lot of these different bee products have been used across cultures and they were really what people relied on before the advent of modern medicine in in many ways. Um, and then even, you know, they still, they still sort of hold strong today. They still work and more and more there's, there's studies coming out on these different things. But anyways, I really fell in love with bee products. I started incorporating them into my routine, was feeling better than ever. I did not get sick at all the rest of my trip. And I was just kind of a happy camper. And then I finished up my time abroad, came back home to finish up college in Canada, where I'm from. And of course, when midterms rolled around, I got really sick again, just the stress and late night studying, um, it wreaked havoc on my immune system. So I was really sick, but I wasn't very worried this time. because I was like, you know what? I I have the tools. Now I know what I need. I just need to get my hands on some propolis. And so I went to every health food store and I couldn't find this stuff anywhere. And finally I found propolis at a farmer's market stand. I found this very fancy artisanal organic bee propolis. It was $40, which was more than I wanted to pay. Um, especially as a student, but I bought it because I was desperate and I used it and I had a really severe allergic reaction and I was really confused because, you know, I'd been using this stuff all throughout my exchange. I bought it pretty much every single place I traveled to in Europe and, you know, I had amazing results and then I bought this stuff in North America and I got really sick. And so added benefit of being a student, I was, you know, studying a lot of chemistry at the time. Um, I had access to a lab. So I ran a toxicity panel on the product I had purchased and I figured out that there was tons of pesticides. And so, you know, I think for most people, the pesticides wouldn't really affect you. But for me, with my autoimmune and my sensitive system, it made me pretty sick. And so I, I was just sort of upset. I was like, you know, I know what I need. I know it makes me better, but I just can't get it in the quality that I need to get it. So I was like, you know what? I need to take matters in my own hands and stop and start beekeeping. And so that's what I did. I I found a mentor and I started beekeeping 
And I really initially went out there in pursuit of product. But my first time I was around the bees, I just fell madly in love. I was just... I've always kind of been in love with nature and animals. And the second I learned about just the intricacies of, of the beehive, I was hooked. And so I really fell in love with beekeeping. And it was this really cool time because I was, you know, I had this incredible mentor. He was actually a third generation beekeeper and um, a retired biochemist. So he just knew everything. So I was learning about the bees and then I would, you know, take some stuff back to the lab and start messing around with it. And that's really where I started making propolis. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I started sharing it with friends and next thing, you know, people on campus were Facebook messaging me to try this weird propolis stuff and it was working for them. And so that was my first sort of, I sort of seed of the idea of starting the business because I was like, you know what, this is working for people beyond myself. Broke college students are willing to pay for something natural that's effective. They want to get away from NyQuil and a lot of the different substances they're using. And so that was just sort of my, my first time where I thought I could maybe start a business, but I was graduating and graduating with no money, um, as college students do. And I had a job offer at a hedge fund and that made a lot more sense to my friends and family than starting a B product company. So I took the hedge fund job. I was there for about 10 months and, um, after that, I was recruited by Goldman Sachs. I joined Goldman as a trader and I was at Goldman for about two and a half years. And it was during that time that I just realized I was doing something that was really out of alignment for me. You know, I learned a lot while I was in finance, but it's never what I wanted. I've always been like a nature hippie wellness girl. And there I was um, working on the trading floor and I just, I just was not finding purpose in what I was doing and it was really affecting me. Um, and so I wasn't, ready to up and quit. And it still felt kind of crazy starting a company. And I had a lot of insecurity around that. So I figured, whatever, I'll just take on a hobby. So I can't, I couldn't exactly keep bees at the time because I was living between New York and Toronto, but I could order bulk bee products from my mentor in British Columbia and get some basic lab equipment on Amazon and start doing propolis extractions. And I figured I would just make stuff for my friends and family and give it out at Christmas and all of that. And, um, I started doing that. And then one of my girlfriends worked at this company where they put together pop-up shops and she said, why don't you come sell your bee stuff? And so I, I spent one weekend doing that and I sold out. And then I had all these people start emailing me, sharing amazing stories about how they've used propolis to heal. I had one woman write this really beautiful email about her six-year-old son who has uh, a few different autoimmune issues and propolis is the only thing that worked for him and people were just asking to buy it and to ship it to different places and so I set up a website and it kind of grew from there I think I think the products really spoke for themselves and I, we really were championed by the autoimmune community who were sort of looking for something because there just wasn't a lot out there that was effective um and so once we got, we got to a point basically where we were in around 500, five or 600 stores across Canada and we were shipping internationally. And I had this like crazy double life where I was working insane hours at Goldman and then coming home and spending the rest of the night awake working on beekeepers. And I just got to a point where I was like, this bee product company is my dream job. What am I doing? And I, I just jumped and I, I left Goldman um, end of 2016. And everyone thought I was losing my mind, ruining my life, huge mistake, like every single person close to me. And looking back, I know that they were just kind of looking out for me and trying to be there for me. But legitimately, I got interventioned by my friends and family, like people thought I was insane. Um, but I had to do it. And it's working out pretty well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how much my brain is exploding and the fact that I'm typically an interrupter just from excitement. Like I'm not trying to say that I, what I have to say is more important than you, but I told myself when I got on here, I said, today, you are going to let her get her whole story out before you start jumping in asking questions. <laughs> Otherwise, she'll never get the whole story out. So now I have to go back and ask you questions. So I think what's so fascinating about this is, first of all, and listeners know this, and if they haven't heard this story, then they can go back to episode two and listen to it. But we, 
my family, my husband struggled from major health issues where we, uh, very long story short, went to a doctor here in America. They were prescribing things. None of, none of it worked after a year and a half in and out of the hospital. Finally dealt with a doctor in Australia who basically provided some type of like aloe or something that ended up healing Brian and or was a was a key part in it. And so I know what that's like to live a life of of the support system of somebody who something is wrong, something is wrong. I don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong. How do we find the answer? These doctors are telling me this is the answer, but this is clearly not working. And the frustration of that and then the just complete excitement and joy when you finally find the answer, Mm -hmm. what works for your body. And to find it something that is natural, that isn't a prescription pill is just amazing. And I don't know why in America, this is not a debate about this whatsoever, but I don't know why there's not more of a focus. And I think maybe we're turning that way. Maybe we're getting there. And and obviously with your company, uh, it's it's helping, you know, to start really talking about more natural ways of of healing ourselves, of healing our body. And then this past year, basically what I had was um, an adrenal issue from from the I had my twin boys and my daughter wasn't even two years old. And then six weeks after my boys were born is when Brian, my husband, started getting sick. And so that's also the year that I had to really build my company because he lost his job. And um, so during that time, I was just kind of in, you know, fight or flight. And so back in November, I started just getting exhausted. And I was doing everything right that I thought, you know, I was eating right, I was exercising every day, I was getting plenty of sleep. And it wasn't until I started working with a holistic doctor who offered, you know, a few different supplements and one of them and my nutritionist who suggested your product, the the superfood. The B power. The B power yeah, superfood. It's amazing and for adrenal fatigue. I use it for that too. It I cannot tell you how many things we have tried in it's been almost a year. And it was almost immediately, Carly, almost immediately that I started feeling I, I want to say it was the following day. Like I took it on a Thursday. And normally I was in bed every day by like 4 p.m., 4.30, not asleep, but just like the kids would have to come to me and I was in bed with my computer or something, Mm -hmm. just exhausted. And I knew I didn't want to live my life that way. And I was being proactive in trying to figure out what's wrong. How do we fix this? Because I know this isn't normal. And when I started taking that, I took it on a Thursday for the first time. And that Friday, it was 7.30 at night and I was still just up and as active as I could be with my kids. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is it. <laughs> and I take that stuff every single day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, it I'm- has changed my life. So thank you for, for, I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that when you were younger, but my goodness, I have one of everything and I can't tell you what a believer I am in it. So first, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. I'm, I really feel, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. And my struggles with health, it was, it was so um, important for me to go through that, to find this. And thank you so much for sharing your story and also what your husband went through. That's also our, our big mission here. I think it's changing, but we've been so quick to turn to pharmaceuticals and there's a lot of benefits there, but it's, it's really kind of a one size fits all model. That stuff doesn't work for everyone and it doesn't work for every ailment. And that's what my company is trying to do. We're trying to create the new medicine cabinet, create natural versions of all the stuff we've been buying at CVS and Walgreens. And, you know, a lot of that stuff too, it's, it's full of synthetic ingredients and sugars and, artificial flavors. And it's not the stuff you want to be giving your family and it's not the stuff you want to be taking to feel your best. And so we're really trying to reinvent the the medicine cabinet and hold space for a conversation about starting with natural, starting with things that are a little bit more holistic and nourishing to your system. And then, you know, if you need to move in a different direction, do so. But starting from, from a more natural, sustainable place. Jessica's always teaching that your time is valuable. Well, guess what? So is hers. So, to make this podcast possible, we have sponsors. Hey, here's a quick message about something Jessica loves. 
Hey, y'all, I'm here with Carly from Beekeepers Naturals. A few months ago, I was feeling really fatigued. That's a fancy way of saying that I was in my Christmas PJs in bed by 4 p.m. every single day. I know, I know. I should have eaten better and worked out more, except I already was. I had a nutritionist, worked out every day with a personal trainer, and I still felt this way until I started taking Bee Powered from Beekeepers Naturals. Carly, the owner, is here with me. And Carly, tell me about Bee Powered. Bee Powered is one of my favorite products. It's amazing for boosting energy, focus, memory, concentration. It's got propolis in there, so it supports your immune system and fights inflammation. It's a great way to just cover all your bases nutritionally and give you back the energy that you want. I'm not kidding you. I take a spoonful of this every single morning and I feel amazing. I stay awake the whole day and my husband, my team, and my kids are wondering where all of my extra energy is coming from. I was so excited when Carly offered to partner with me for this podcast because I really do use this product every single day. And if I don't, let me tell you, everyone notices. (laughs) Carly, what is your favorite product right now? Ooh, it's so hard for me. I think propolis is my favorite just because I really struggle with a weak immune system and using propolis, that's how I never get sick. It's it's so incredible. Guys, go now. Go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E. I wanted to ask you, you were working, you had that corporate job, you went to mom and dad, you told them you're leaving, you are doing your own business, you're starting your own company. And so what were the biggest problems that you faced like at the very beginning of your business? Were you do did you go into it as a solopreneur or did you go into it with investors? How did you have the startup money? Like what did you do at the very beginning to kind of get this thing rolling? So I went into it solo. I had saved up. I I lived I was very frugal while I was at Goldman and I, I saved very well and I, you know, did a little bit of investing while I was there. Um, and so I really, I basically funneled my salary into this company. Uh, I think that's also why I stayed there a little bit longer than I wanted to. And so that's kind of how it started. Uh, and then six months, well, six months in, maybe a little bit later, I started working, one of my best friends is a lawyer and I really needed help on the legal side because I really wanted to make sure we were certifying everything. I know with my health struggles, I would find it really frustrating buying products that made crazy health claims and didn't legally back it up. And so I really wanted to do everything right. Um, Does something like this, I'm just, forgive me, just treat me like I'm in kindergarten when it comes to this topic because I just have no idea. Does does a product like yours, does it have to be approved? Is there some kind of process it has to go through? So in the US, it's FDA and then it's kind of the Wild West for natural. It's kind of messed up. There's not really any regulatory body for natural products in the US, but in other parts of the world like Canada and Europe, there is a regulatory structure for natural. And so, you know, we sell our products internationally. So we wanted to be compliant with Europe and Canadian regulatory standards. And I also kind of liked that. You know, I knew this stuff worked. I knew there was science behind it and I wanted to have a scientific product line. So in Canada, you can get something called an NPN, a natural product number. And in order to get that, you have to legally validate all the health claims you make. So, you know, anytime we say the word immune or we say boost memory or cognition, those are all legally validated health claims. And, you know, I wanted to do that. I did a lot of research and I found about out about NPNs and I wanted to get them, but I had enough money from my salary to basically make product, but I didn't have enough to hire a a lawyer at all. And so Mm -hmm. I went to my best friend and I was like, Hey, can you help me out? He was articling at a big firm doing corporate law. So it wasn't exactly the same type of law, but he was, he's really smart and he said he could figure it out. So he started helping me. And it was interesting because I've always been into natural products, but he was very like drinking Coke eating steak and Cheerios um, and thinking that all these natural products were just like overpriced snake oil. (laughs) So he was a skeptic. Um, But he ended up getting these NPN numbers and doing that, he had to go through the process of legally validating all the research. And so as he was doing that, he was like, wow, there's some real science here. This stuff works. And then he actually tried the propolis and it cured his sore throat basically overnight. And he came to me after that and he's like, hey, I really want to join this company. And I was like, okay, I love you. (laughs) You've got like the JD MBA, the fancy degrees. I know you're really smart, but this is a sustainability oriented company. And everyone in senior management at this early stage has to have beekeeping experience. So 
sorry, but this is kind of the best I can do. Um, so I turned him away and he goes out and he's, you know, this is while he's articling and has like no time. He goes out and he does a master's apprenticeship course in beekeeping. He comes back to me a few months later and he's like, Hey, I'm a beekeeper now. (laughs) And I was like, okay, that's commitment. You're amazing. You're on the team. So he's not technically a co-founder, but he's been with me. I want to say maybe it was like nine months in that he really joined. And he's now our chief operating officer. He's incredible. He left the legal profession fully about a year and a half ago to join the company. Um, And he's amazing. He's like a complete boss and he's, you know, we're still best friends and it's really amazing to build a company with someone you're so close with. That is incredible. And by the way, if that isn't a testimony for how incredible this (laughs) product is and your product line is like, I don't know what is, which by the way, if those of you are thinking I've got to get this right now, you can go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B slash B-E-E and I'm on there telling you what I love about it, but there's a button right there that's going to lead you right to Carly's site where you can get all of the amazing products. So just go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash B-E-E and you'll be able to see all of those good things. And real quick, can you kind of explain like what is the difference between propolis and pollen and you know, like what is it that bees are doing? For sure. So I'm going to do, first I'll start with like kind of a quick breakdown of the bee products because most of us, including myself, are not aware of this. I had no idea that the bees made anything beyond honey. So, so let me, me do either. a quick little breakdown. So I'll start with honey. We all know it. Honey is the bee's primary food source. You can think of it as their energy source or their carbs. How they make it is they collect floral nectars um, and then they basically ferment them. So honey itself, of course, it's a healthy natural sweetener, but it's also full of antioxidants. It has antiviral properties. It's very high in live enzymes, so great for digestion. And it's made from floral nectar, essentially fermented floral nectars. And then propolis is collected from plant and tree resin. So honey comes from flowers. Propolis is coming from plant and tree resin. So the base ingredient is a little more adaptogenic. And the bees basically collect it, mix it with their enzymes, and they use the propolis as it's really the immune system of the hive. So the same way honey is their carbs, propolis is their medicine. So let's say there's a crack in the hive wall. They'll fill it with propolis because they use it to literally line the hive walls to protect from any pathogens or germs. And they they have, um, a, this is kind of cute, they have a propolis mat at the front entrance of the hive so everyone can disinfect as they come in. And for newborn baby bees, what they'll do is they'll, they they get put in their cell to develop and they actually line the cell walls with propolis to create a sterile environment for newborns. So it truly is the immune system of the hive. And for humans, it's very much the same one interesting thing about propolis. So let's say a predator gets into the hive, like a mouse, the bees can sting it and kill it, but they can't physically carry a mouse out of the hive. It's, you know, they can't carry that weight. Um, so what they would do in that situation is they sting it and kill it, and then they mummify it in propolis. And propolis is that powerful of an antiviral, antibacterial protective agent that it protects the entire hive from a decaying rodent in their living room. So, you know, we'd get pretty sick if we had a dead body in our living room. The fact that propolis is such a powerful substance that it actually protects the bees from any sort of germs and really insulates. And that's how it works in our in our body. If we have a virus, it sort of insulates and protects us. It's great for inflammation, all that fun stuff. And then pollen is the bee's protein source. So pollen comes from you know, actual floral pollen. And what the bees do is they fly from flower to flower and they mix it with their enzymes and sort of ball it up and collect it. And they carry it back to the hive on their hind legs. It's called their pollen pants. And pollen actually has more protein per weight than any animal source. It's amazing for energy boosting. And it's really, I kind of use pollen as my natural multivitamins. It's full of broad spectrum vitamins and minerals. And all you need is like a sprinkling of it and you're just getting a really healthy dose of vitamins and minerals. And then royal jelly, I like to think of as the brain food or the superfood of the hive. So royal jelly is the exclusive food of the queen bees. It's made by nurse bees. And if you just look at the queen bee versus a regular bee, a queen bee lives three to five years versus a regular bee during foraging season who lives six to eight weeks. The queen bee can lay up to 1,500 babies a day, whereas regular female bees don't have reproductive organs. Um, And the queen bee is just much more robust. So 
And the only difference there is that she's consuming royal jelly on the regular. So in the hive, it works its magic. And then for humans, there's been a lot of studies in royal jelly and its effects on the brain. So it's really high in acetylcholine um, and 10-HDA, which are basically compounds that promote memory, um, spatial reasoning. They promote neurogenesis, which means that they help your brain to make fresh, healthy new cells. So they're really great for just improving memory, getting rid of the brain fog, supporting energy levels. And then royal jelly itself is also great for hormonal balance. I know for me, I recently struggled. I recently had a concussion, which was really hard. I'm kind of just getting over it now. And royal jelly and Belixir has been my saving grace. Like I, I'm ta- I've been taking two to three Belixir vials a day. I take a tablespoon of Be Powered, which, you know, you don't need to take a tablespoon. It's a teaspoon to serving. I just, I just do a lot of bee products, but it's really made a difference. It's really made a difference in my healing. So we, you know, with, with our Royal Jelly products, we have a lot of people with concussions who use them for recovery. We have a lot of people who just use it for focus, memory, energy, um, and then people in the aging population who are just looking to support their brains. We have students. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's a really diverse audience. And it's just interesting working with bee products because these are really age-old remedies that have been used across cultures. Like, you know, the Incas used to drink propolis to reduce fever. And um, in ancient in traditional Chinese medicine, people regularly use royal jelly, like a lot of acupuncturists and TCM practitioners who use our products. They prescribe royal jelly for women who are trying to balance their hormones or struggling with fertility. And so it's just kind of cool to learn about the different ways different cultures are using these products and that they're kind of have been in front of our face this whole time. God, it really is fascinating. It really is fascinating. I just started taking the vials of of the Beelixir and I think they're amazing. I, I just really do. Okay. So thank you for breaking that down because I was the same way. I thought, bees made honey and that was it and so I, when when my nutritionist suggested it i was like well I've, i have honey you should need me to take a teaspoon of honey she was like no 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 <laughs> you need to take this one okay let me ask you a question mm-hmm. because i remember vividly when i was growing up i was on a ski boat out on the lake i was probably 6 or 7 and i got stung by a bee and from that day forward just scared to death of bees you know just there's a bee i'm running and so did you ever have a moment like that or did you, because I could see myself now that I'm obsessed with this product, being able to put on a bee suit and go learn about them. You know what I mean? I could see myself now. Was that, did you have a similar experience or did you just think, no, I need to, I need to learn about bees. So I'm going to get in there. I'm so going to, I'm going to do it. I've never really been scared of bees or bugs generally. Like I'm the girl who at summer camp, people would kind of call me in and I'd like take the spiders and put them outside. Right. Um, so I've never really been scared and I've been stung so many times. So I didn't really struggle with that. But one thing I have to be careful with is because nowadays with how my job works, I, I don't really beekeep very much anymore. Like I'll do apiary audits and I'll, I'll get it's my passion. I'll get out there, you know, once in a while. But I, I get stung like very inconsistently and people can develop allergies to bee stings that way. If you're if you're getting mm. stung like every once in a while. Um, so I have to kind of be careful with that. But no, I never really was scared. But we have people at the company who were really scared and got out there in bee suits. And it's totally fine. And I think a big thing with bees as well, they're not like wasps where they want to sting and sting. And bees, once they sting you, they die because they have a barbed stinger and it gets stuck in your skin. Um, So it pulls Mm. out their abdomen. So bees are actually docile and sweet. And they only really sting when they feel threatened. And because one of the ways they communicate is through pheromones, if you're sort of freaking out, they're going to be very responsive to that. So beekeeping, one of the one of the many reasons I love it is because as a practice, it forces you to be in a very calm state. So you really have to get your body into a calm state because the bees are going to respond to the state that you're in. That's good advice because I've got three little ones and they, you know, if they see a bee, they scream. And I think, no, I've got to, I've got to change that. I've got to change that mindset yeah. on them. Well, you know, a great thing to do is tell them about how the bees are our friends, how the bees make the flowers grow and give us apples and avocados and all the yummy foods we like. Yes. I'm going to do that. I like it. Okay. So we were talking about college and I think it's fascinating how you were in college, you're in college and you're taking classes to go and, you know, 
the American dream, right? We get the degree and you go get the corporate job and Mm -hmm. you make a six-figure salary and mom and dad are happy and all that great stuff. So you're in college and you're taking classes and you are basically doing this for you as a side hustle for you, really. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get messages from people who are willing to pay this money. So is that where it all kind of started as far as your your mindset? Were you starting to shift going, oh, I kind of... I kind of like being the one who has the answers. I kind of like being a leader and being in charge and being over this whole thing. Was that kind of a feeling that you had never had before? That was sort of the beginning of the shift. It took me a few years after college to really get there. I think mm-hmm. that I've had, you know, I've always been really creative. Um, I really am curious and I like to learn and tackle challenges and I've never been scared of hard things. And that's really all that it takes to start a company is not being scared of hard things. Um, But I think that I didn't have the confidence to follow through on that or even let myself believe that I could start a company. Um, I always thought I would kind of go to law school and as you said, American dream, get the good corporate job. Um, And I, I, you know, I never ended up going to law school. I ended up going into finance and then, you know, the company, but never really wanted to do any of that. I more thought it's what I should do. And I had this really negative self-talk where the idea of creating my own company was always amazing and fascinating, but it's just, I never thought it's something I could do. I was like, I just never thought I was good enough to do that. And I I had this this really limiting beliefs around that. And um, I think what it was that got me out of that was I found a product that I had to share. It changed my health and I knew it could help people. And it, you know, it it would have been selfish to hold myself back because of my own insecurity from giving people something that could help them. And then it also was a choice. I was like, you know, what if I, what if I just starting to question it, just starting to think, what if I actually am good enough to do this? What if I am capable of doing this? And what if I'm just holding myself back and you know what, like, at least I'm going to try. And so it it was really kind of getting clear on that and knowing that even if, even if everything messed up, I could pick myself up after and that I do have what it takes and all the things that I don't have right now, I'm capable of learning. Right. I think that's fascinating. And I think what is really impressive and to be honest, incredibly brave is that you did graduate and you had this job and you are in the corporate world, you're doing your thing and you did what most people don't do is you bet on yourself. You took a risk and you went and did this thing. What's that conversation like with your, with your parents? It was really hard. So I was 26. I had, you know, I had this like amazing job. I was one of the few females on the trading floor. Um, yeah, I, I had all of these things. And when I first started in finance, I really loved it. I really found it fascinating, but kind of quickly, it was that lack of purpose thing. I just, it was clear that I wasn't doing what I was sort of meant to be doing and what I had always really loved. I had sort of just bought into this great job and, you know, the way that everyone was responding to me at thinking that my job was great. And, you know, I got a lot of external praise, um, for my job. People would just assume I was intelligent because of my job. And so that was great for my ego. I started to really tie the job to my self-worth and and that's a hard place because once you're attributing self-worth to something external, um, you become really caught in it. And so I had this thing where, you know, I had a lot of fear. I was really scared that I was never going to, I was going to lose all my money and not be able to make money. I was scared I was never going to have as good of a job again. Um, and then the people around me, I didn't have a lot of support. Um, you know, my, my parents and friends wanted me to be happy, but they were like, just sit in your seat for a few years. You've, you know, a really good future here. And again, in their defense, it sounds crazy starting a B product company. Like people were like, Oh, you're starting a B product company. So honey. And I was like, no, not honey, other products. And I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Um, like it's, it's really different what we do. And I, you know, now I think people understand that the fact that it's so different, that's exactly our opportunity. But at the time there was no precedent for it. People didn't really understand what I wanted to leave my 
quote unquote amazing job to do. Um, and so people were really scared for me. They thought that I was, you know, there was a lot of assumptions. People assumed that I was cracking under the pressure and they, you know, I would have things said to me, like, if you can't handle finance, um, you can go into tech. It's a much calmer environment and stuff like that. And I was like, no, 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 I can handle it. It's not about, right. It's what I want. It's, it's, it's me wanting more out of life and me wanting to have meaning in my day to day. And so I think, you know, I wanted to leave Goldman probably at least six months before I did, but I was really scared. I was really scared of what it would do to me financially. I was scared of losing everything and ending up, you know, living in my parents' basement. Um, and I even had one of my bosses at Goldman, I, I told him about the company and I told him that I was thinking of leaving. And he actually brought me into the boardroom and he has no idea about my company or just the product industry generally. So he was using arbitrary numbers, but he was like laying out where I would be with my company versus staying at Goldman and just how much money I would lose. Um, and then, and then at the end of it, and he's like, oh, and this health stuff, I'm pretty sure it's all a fad. So mm-hmm. this person who I really look up to and respect at 26, like as a 26 year old just told me that my dreams are going to leave me penniless and going back sleeping in my parents' basement and I'm foregoing like a multi-million dollar career. So that was a little terrifying, but that was also one of the best moments for me. It was a painful and scary moment, but it was a moment where I was like, someone just told me all of the things I'm scared of and I still need to do it. And right. it. like, you know, sometimes really hard things happen and you know in your heart what's right and you don't want to accept it. And the second you do and you start leaning into it, you know, you realize that you have the strength to move past those barriers and you can move into something that is so much better than you could have ever imagined in the place that you were before. Isn't that interesting? And I think what's this is just the human being in me. Like this is probably not the nicest response, but the human in me is you're probably making double or triple what that man's making. You know what I mean now? And I mean, that I always, that's just, that's just human nature. There's some people in my life that are like, oh, you, you want to open a wedding business? That's cute. Yeah. And now I think, like, oh, if you, only knew. <laughs> you know, like yeah, if you I, only knew, totally. I'm just laughing now. I, I really, I really think too, I actually, a good friend of mine, um, I'm in New York right now. And one of my good friends who's in finance was telling me today how he's like, I've been at this job for five years now and I just don't love it. And we were having this conversation and I said to him that I really believe when you're doing something you love, money follows. Like don't Absolutely. make career decisions. Also, life is too short to be chasing dollars. Like experience and time is all that you have. Um, so that's another thing I believe. But I, I really do feel that when you're when you're doing something you're just so passionate about and it's really authentic to you, you're going to put everything you have into it. And if you put everything you have into something, you're not going to fail. When you, when you have purpose, the money follows. Yes. You have to have purpose. It's about purpose, not profit. The profit will come if you have a purpose. Have you ever felt the urge to explore something new in your work life? It's so easy to get stuck in a routine that it takes a lot for us to pause, think about our lives, and make a change if something isn't working for us anymore. That can be a scary and overwhelming process, but it's a process that I am all too familiar with. That's why I've created a free guide to help you figure out what changes you need to make each day in order to live the life you love. To get a free guide to building a life you love one day at a time, go to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash love your day. That's ZimmermanPodcast.com slash love your day. I want to go back to that moment, that awkward moment when people ask you, what do you do? Oh, you're making honey. That's cute. That kind of thing that we were just kind of talking about because Brian and I had this conversation the other day about, because right now he's doing exactly what he wants. He's basically living kind of a retired life. He's so busy. He's so busy. His day is so full, but he invested his money into my business and now he 
receives, you know, the residuals of that. And so he basically at 37 is able to choose the life he wants to live. Like Brian is not continuing at a corporate job because he's afraid of what people think when he says, I'm living the dream. You know what I mean? I mean, you've got to just be able to say, no, it isn't, honey. It is they have a multitude of things that they make and I'm not going to go into detail, but that's what I'm doing. Like you just have to stay in your lane and be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, you need to live your life for you. Ultimately, everyone's focused on themselves. Everyone's dealing with their own stuff. You have to live your your life for you. But I understand that because I felt that for a long time, it's the insecurity. You know, it, it was, like I said, it was really nice for me to walk into a room, you know, especially when you're in New York and say, I'm a trader at Goldman Sachs. Automatically, people think you're smart. Mm-hmm. Going from that to walking into a room and saying, I have a B product startup, people are like, oh, that's cute. You don't have a job. Um, right. And I had to really get okay with that. And that was also another incredible opportunity for growth for me because I had to really build my confidence. I had to just know that I'm smart and capable and I don't need other people. I don't need like some brand to give me my worth. And I think like the more, so, so I really leaned into that and I, how I would answer that question typically is I say I'm a beekeeper because you say you're a beekeeper. It's like people, you know, people assume you have, they just don't know what to think. It's not, people don't make the same assumptions that they do when you say you work at Goldman. So these days, um, depending on who I'm talking to, I usually say I'm a beekeeper, um, maybe less so now because people kind of know the company more, but that's really how I answered that question. And it was, it forced me to get over those fears. Um, and I think, I think the only way to really let go of those fears, I think one, it's a choice. You have to really choose to fill your own cup and to not be worried about other people's assumptions of you because what other people when other people make assumptions about you it has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you and you just have to forgive them for it and then the other thing is you have to build your skill set i am i am more confident now than i have ever been in my life because of what i've built and i'm you know i wouldn't say that i'm more intelligent or, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, I, like my, my natural aptitude hasn't changed, but I have so much confidence in my ability to figure stuff out. Cause I've put myself in hard positions now so many times over that I just know that I'll be, when I'm in a hole, I know how to dig myself out of it. Right. Okay. Let's talk a second about production. So we have a lot of listeners who offer services. Um, we also have a lot who produce and sell actual goods. So how does your production look different now than it did when you first started? Because it's got it's got to look different with oh, shipping yeah. and, and all that. I mean, our shipping is pretty insane. We we ship internationally and we have a few warehouses across the U.S. So that's pretty wild. Um, and then our apiaries, we're working with a ton of apiaries. So we work in Brazil. Uh, we work in Canada. We actually don't work as much in the U.S. just because it it's really hard environmentally here. Uh, there's a lot of pesticides used in the U.S. and there's very poor regulation. And because we do pesticide-free, it's really challenging for us to find clean pesticide-free space in America. I hope that changes, and um, we're you know at, we're at the company really fighting for that to change because pesticide the way the pesticides are being used right now is not healthy for anyone. But uh, we basically have an international operation and the scale of it has just really changed and it's kind of crazy. <laughs> do you have one major, what do you call it? A farm, like a bee farm? What do you? So we have a few, we work with a bunch of small scale. So a bee farm is called an apiary and we work with a bunch of small scale operators all over the place. So, you know, we work, we have a, we have apiaries all across Canada. We have some really large ones we work with in Brazil. And um, we do have a few we work with in the U S but like I said, you know, we we are we do pesticide testing for every product, and so if anything comes back dirty, we just we won't use any of it. And we've had the we've seen the worst stuff in the U.S. Do all of the apiaries do they all gather all the different bee products, or are some do they specialize just in pollen, and some specialize just in propolis? Some specialize. We've taught everyone how to do everything, but some specialize. And then, you know, Brazil is just really well known for its propolis. It has some of the best propolis in the world because of the native trees that grow in the area. Um, and so Brazilian beekeepers tend to be real experts with propolis. Okay, this is all so fascinating. Okay, so 
the growth of your business, I mean, it has grown, it has grown, I'm sure, tremendously. And so there's supply and demand, obviously. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear, which again, what's, uh, this is the most education I've ever had about bees ever in my whole <laughs> life. So in my 37 years. So from what I've heard, we're having like a bee problem, right? Yes. We, we don't have enough bees. So how do we grow a bee company if bees are limited? Mm-hmm. So our bees are actually doing really well. A main, one of the main reasons, there's a few, there's a lot of factors contributing to bee decline, but in my opinion, some of the main reasons have to do with pesticides. So, you know, in 2006, they took DDT away and they replaced it with this substance called neonicotinoids. That's the most common class of pesticides used in the U.S., and it's really hurting the bees. It's a neuroactive substance. It's water soluble. It's like really toxic to bees. Probably not so good for us, but we don't have research on that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so pesticides are really what's hurting the bees. So what we do at Beekeepers Naturals is we practice pesticide-free beekeeping, um, and we call it just natural or sustainable beekeeping. And what that means is we put the bees first. We treat the bees like pets, like you would, you know, cats and dogs sort of thing. Um, we treat them with a lot of love. We don't expose them to pesticides. We make sure that where they're placed is really sort of in the middle of a lush natural area with a lot of um, variant in the foliage around. We don't like to expose them to monocrops, that sort of thing. So the way that we're keeping bees, we're actually growing year over year. Like our bees and our hives are splitting and growing like crazy. Um, like we have beekeepers who started working with us when they were like a teeny tiny operation and now they have hundreds of hives. What's the lifespan of a bee? The lifespan of a bee. So during foraging season, six to eight weeks for this is for, so a queen bee will live three to five years, but this is just a regular female bee, not a long lifespan. And then the male bees, the drones, um, they basically, they have a very short lifespan. They're basically only there to mate. And after they mate with the queen, the queen, they're all kicked out and left to die. They're kind of like, like all the people who get stuff done in the bee world are females. It's kind of cool. But yeah, that's the lifespan. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about ideal clients. So it seems to me like you have a very niche ideal client. And then there's a wider circle of potential ideal clients who, like me, need to be educated, right, on the use of these bee-based products or like me or like my husband, Brian, are at their very last resort. and trying to figure out what they can do to, they're finally going the natural route. They've tried the pharmaceutical and they're finally now looking into natural. So tell me about your ideal client and how you target those ideal clients. And more importantly, I want to know how you take potential ideal clients from clueless to curious, the actual clients. For sure. So Personally, my ideal client is someone like your husband, Brian, who's struggling and has no options and really needs something that works because that was me and and that's really, you know, people who I want to help. But our ideal client is really everyone who's ever taken NyQuil or used Halls or Ricola um, or who gets sick. And so... Originally, I thought as well, it would, we would start with a much more niche consumer base, kind of like people who are really in the wellness world and super educated about that. But that hasn't really been the case. Like we're actually, we were the number one cold and flu product on Amazon for a while, which of course is a mass marketplace. And I think at, at this point, I think, you know, even people who aren't super into the natural world, they appreciate natural products. And at the end of the day, people, when, when you're sick, you just want something that works and our stuff works really well. And so that's been really nice because when you have an, you know, and I didn't, I'm not responsible for creating bee products. The bees do that. So I'm not, you know, pumping. You are responsible for bringing it to USA. You are responsible for bringing it over here and, and getting it in front of our faces though. So don't sell yourself short on that. <laughs> well, the, the bees make incredibly nourishing, healing, restorative products. And so I think, you know, working with a product class that's really effective, um, it's easy for people to try it and fall in love with it. But then taking them from kind of clueless to curious, um, a lot of that it's, you know, it's, we spend a lot of time educating. We are, you know, we're very, very vocal online. We talk a lot about the cause as well. And we start really kind of talking just generally about the health benefits, putting it in terms people understand, um, talking about things they're dealing with, whether it's allergies, a sore throat or brain fog and energy concerns or sleep. Um, We have that conversation because that's, you know, a lot of people, almost everyone is looking for those things. 
Um, so we start with that. And then, and then from there, we explain the products and how they could help. And then from there, we talk a little bit more about the company, the sustainability and the product quality. So we sort of walk people through in just a really like palatable way. But it's been interesting. Like, it's really unfortunate, but it's just so many people are struggling with unknown conditions right now. It's it's really crazy, whether it's, you know, Lyme disease and not knowing how to deal with that or hormonal imbalances or autoimmune. We just have people writing into the company almost daily about what kind of crazy struggle they've went through in the medical system and how, you know, they've really found relief in the natural world and with our products. And so I think word of mouth has been really big for us. And I know when I started the company, I didn't have an advertising budget. So you know, it was a lot of word of mouth. It was a lot of guerrilla marketing. I used to stand at every, I still go to most trade shows and stay on the trade show floor. Um, I love being able to have a conversation with our customers. But in the beginning, I went to like every trade show, every pop-up, you know, any place where they would let me, whether it's like a lunch and learn or whatever, any place where they would give me the floor and let me talk about bee products, I just went. And I knew that if I could tell people what the stuff is and get them to try it, they would have the experience I did because it works. Um, so, so that's sort of how it started out. Yeah, you hustled. There was that whole thing a couple of years ago where people were saying hustle is a bad word. Don't you shouldn't hustle. And I'm like, no, you need to hustle. Like if you want to get something done, you need to hustle. You need to work hard, especially at the beginning. Like no one is going to do this stuff for you. You've got to make it happen. And you can if you're willing to do the work. So I love that. The next question I have is about an oversaturated market, which I just want to put this out there, that my audience, when I have a student who I mentor, they will say, but the wedding industry is so saturated. And I just want to shake them because there's a ton of saturated industries and you just have to keep your head down yeah. and stay in your lane and do your work and the rest will happen. Mm-hmm. So is, has there ever been a moment for you where you've thought, because people think the wedding industry is saturated. It's not anything compared to health and wellness, I'm sure. So yeah, how do you totally, over that? Totally hear that. I think there's always room for someone to do it better. And as long as we keep doing it better and keep holding ourselves to that standard and working harder and harder and improving, then you know our customers will be happy. And that's what we do, where we have like a really strong customer feedback loop. We're always open to feedback and critiques and we're constantly trying to upgrade and that's just kind of how we're going to do it and keep doing it and um that goes for the sustainability side too how do you handle backlash so just with education just because especially with vegans um you know there's a there there has been there have been people who have kind of spoken out on that and it's funny because once we kind of educate them they'll call themselves vegans with a B. Uh, They're vegans who eat sustainable bee products, which is really cute. And so really, I mean, it's more damaging for the bees to eat an almond than it is to eat Beekeepers Naturals products. And that's because, you know, more bees are dying and exposed to pesticides and commercial almond pollination um, than they are the, the way we keep bees. And so the beekeeping industry has changed. It used to be sort of like old school where people would keep bees and sell bee products to companies like mine. But nowadays, a lot of beekeepers, they make more money in commercial pollination, which is basically trucking your bees around to pollinate different crops because we're losing the bees and, you know, consumption is also up. Um, So the way we keep bees, we kind of do like the old school slow method. We're keeping them in one place where, you know, making sure they're cared for and we're really looking to support populations year over year. Do people buy you bee gifts all the time? Like a drawing all of a bee? All the time. All the time. <laughs> I love it though. Do you have a tattoo of a bee? I don't, but some of the girls, well, some of the people on my team were like, we should all get matching bee tattoos. Oh <laughs> I do wear a bee necklace though. I wear this um, really beautiful bee necklace that my friend who's a designer, her name's Logan Hollowell. She she made it for me and it's just really amazing. It's called the Sacred Bee Necklace. That's that's really cool. Um. My students always ask me, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay motivated? And I always say, it's not about motivation. It's about commitment. So motivation comes and goes, but consistent, imperfect effort moves the needle in your business, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you stay committed to your work? I love that, by the way. It's not about motivation. It's about commitment. That's so true. Um, I stay committed because I think I know that it's bigger than me. And I know that 
I'm doing this. There's other people I'm doing this for, whether it's my team or my customers. Um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of slack off if you think it's just about you. But once you step outside of yourself and really identify your mission, you realize that you're playing a role in this and you need to show up and serve your role. And so that's kind of how I stay committed. And I know commitment's more important than motivation, but what motivates me as well is my team. Like I, I'm really fortunate working with such inspiring, brilliant, dedicated individuals and, and seeing, you know, especially recently with my concussion, just seeing how each of them kind of showed up. Um, it's awesome and really inspires me to continue building and working my butt off. There's nothing better than an incredible team. Oh yeah, totally. How do you grow your, how do you find your people? Um, I mean, we've used different services. We've used Indeed. A lot of it has just kind of been through the network. And um, some of like some people have just kind of applied. A lot of people have found us through Instagram and applied online. There's there's the magic to be made on Instagram. It can get a bad rep, but it can also be incredible. It's an incredible business tool. It really can be an incredible business tool. Totally. What's your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product right now? And what do you love about it? Oh, I mean. You can only pick one. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling because the Beelixir was so huge for my concussion, but Propolis is always my go-to because I have immune issues. I use Propolis every single day. I do three sprays every single day, every single morning. It honestly has changed my immune system. I almost never get sick and I used to be sick all the time. And when I'm flying or feeling run down or just in any situation where my immune system's compromised, I use Propolis and I really bypass getting sick with that stuff. Wait a minute. You can, you can take that every day. Oh, you don't yeah. have to just like oh your sick. I take it every single day because, you know, in addition to just being an immune booster, it's full of antioxidants, it's anti-inflammatory, and it would actually be good for your husband because I don't know specifically what he's dealt with, but with autoimmune conditions, typically they are inflammatory and propolis is a really powerful anti-inflammatory agent. I am going to just, I just want to place a huge order of everything. I just, I took my brain fuel earlier. I had my, my, my superfood. I'm just all about it. And I'm going to start spraying every day. And I give Stella the superfood every day. She's my six-year-old. And I give her a little, a little spoonful of the superfood. I think it's incredible. I mean, I'm going to send you a ton of stuff. So get ready. (laughs) I cannot freaking wait. You have no idea. I'm going to like cry of happiness. What is your biggest challenge today? Hmm. My biggest challenge today, I mean, as you said, team is everything. And so as the company grows, it's, you know, it's getting to a point where there are a lot of people involved and we really want to maintain the culture and make sure we're hiring those dedicated, committed, creative people who we really look for people who are intrapreneurs. We, we love that word because we want people to own whatever they're doing at the company um, and just make it their own and, and really drive it forward and treat it like they are an entrepreneur and the piece of the business they own is their baby. Um, so, you know, it's a specific personality type that we look for and we've, we've been able to find that. And I think just continuing to find that type of person going forward, it's a unique individual. So I would say that's, you know, one of the bigger challenges and focuses right now. What are you most excited about today? Oh, I'm excited about a lot of things. I think I'm really excited about our new products that are coming out this year. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Speaking of new pro, I don't know if this is new or not. So I take a gummy bear, like four like hemp gummy bears every night. And I don't know. I just take them to try to, I used to have a glass of wine. And as I've gotten older, it, wine has given me a headache. And so I have stopped drinking that, you know, to, to do that whole kind of now let's come down and calm down whole routine. Mm-hmm. And so my nutritionist suggested these hemp gummy bears. So I was taking those. But right before we got on the podcast, I went on your Instagram and I saw that there is a, a bee chilled. What oh is my that? gosh, it's the best. It's CBD honey. Yeah. I, I use that to sleep. I use that for anxiety. I already made a note that I'm going to send you some of that too. So it's our signature raw honey with, with, um, high potency hemp oil. And so it's a great, there's no THC, it's just CBD. So it's really great for relaxation, for sleep, um, really good for pain relief, inflammation. We have, you know, regular honey jars with it. And then we also have these on the go sticks, which are really great. I take them, I keep them in my purse if I'm just kind of feeling a lot of stress or I just, I just need a minute um, or I need it at the end of the day. But yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's a really great product. I'm going to send you a bunch. 
Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. It's going to be like Christmas. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Okay, final question. If you had, which you're about to, I mean, this is probably, it's probably coming any day now. If you had Oprah's money (laughs) and you had to spend it on yourself, like just selfishly, you can't, you can't spend it on the bees. You can't spend it on your friends. You can't spend it on your parents. You have to spend it on you. What would you spend it on? Travel for sure. I'm like, I'm obsessed with traveling and exploring new places. And that's, like I'm just super passionate about exploring new places and seeing new things. And um, I want to just travel all over the world. You're a curious learner. Like you love, you love that. I can tell. (laughs) I do. I'm a very curious person. I love to ask that question because it basically answers what's most important for the person. You know, like that you love learning and you love adventure and living, like living your life, getting out there and and living it. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Carly, I cannot thank you enough for being on here. I, this is honestly the most excited interview for me because I, your products have changed my life. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and all your kind words. You're so amazing. Thank you. And thank you for sponsoring the podcast because without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. And I'm just so, so grateful. So this is incredible. And I hope that everyone goes to ZimmermanPodcast.com slash BEE and buys everything because it's incredible. And there's a discount code on there. It will automatically do it for you at checkout and you're going to get 15% off. So you need to stock up because it is, it really is, it's going to change your life. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much. If you loved what you heard today, even if you liked it a lot, you should subscribe and leave a review. We'll see you back here next time in the Zimmerman podcast.